0: Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, the MTA is looking for those punks. It's their words, not mine. The punks that damage all those subway windows and cause the W train to be suspended for much of the day yesterday. Let's talk about that. In the headlines on the update this Thursday, one New Yorker on Staten Island that's upset that the city has been housing homeless migrants in his neighborhood has now set up a loudspeaker to deliver an unwelcome, unwelcoming message to his new neighbors, basically saying, you won't be my neighbor. We'll have the latest details. Prosecutors say that this city's his former top building safety official took cash Mets tickets, a discount on luxury apartments and other bribes from a real estate developer, a restaurateur, and others. Coming down the stretch of the season, it seems that the New York Mets are going to be try to play the spoils. Zach Gallin, the ace for Arizona, was hit hard in a damaging loss for them. Speed Pete Alonzo and Mark Vientos powered the Mets to a win. And Gannett, the US, the US's biggest newspaper chain, posted two unusual job listings to its site. Hiring a reporter focused on Taylor Swift and posting a reporter for a dedicated Beyoncé Knowles Carter reporter. This is the update. Thursday, September the 14th, 2023. celebrating six years of telling New York stories. From the Tommy Loon stage in New York City, the greatest city in the world, this is the update with Brandon Julian, a three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know, because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Thursday. You feel that in the air, folks, or as to quote that Phil Collins song, I really do want to sing the song because it feels appropriate for the changing weather, but I can't because <laughs> of the rights issues. <laughs> you know, the, I really can feel it coming in the air tonight or today in this case <laughs> yes the humidity is gone the clouds for the most part are gone it is just dare i say a beautiful day in new york city and it's actually gonna feel like fall going forward at least that's the hope one thing i do hope for is that those punks and the mta calls them that yesterday those punks the damage like 90 something windows on over 70 trains. It's going to cost half a million dollars to repair all the trains. W service was suspended yesterday while those windows were being replaced and that led to a backup on the B, D, N, Q, and W trains while these trains were being repaired. Now. I don't know if I've mentioned this before in the program, but I've said before that teenagers are basically the scum of the earth. Not, not all of them, because I remember I used to be a teenager once in a prior lifetime. <laughs> but no, they say teenagers, this current generation of teenagers, are the future. To which I say, if they are really the future, then we are all in a lot of trouble. Uh, you know, we're all in a lot of trouble, to which I say, think, and honestly, you can say for uh, reasons that I honestly just cannot be actually bothered to explain. But you know, if you've looked on social media or turned on television, that's all the ranting I'm going to do on the subject for now. <laughs> I am Brandon Julian, Uh, of course though, folks. We appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however you actually may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. We're going to begin this Thursday out on Staten Island. The ongoing migrant crisis continues in this town, of course, and there's one New Yorker out on the island of Staten Island (laughs) that's upset that the city had been housing homeless migrants in his neighborhood. This person has now set up a loudspeaker to deliver an unwelcoming message to his new neighbors. If you've ever heard of Mr. Rogers' you know, won't you be my neighbor? This is basically, won't you will not be my neighbor under any given circumstances. It says the message, quote, immigrants are not safe here and urges the arrivals to go back to some other part of the city of New York the message blurs all day from a loudspeaker on Scott Herkerts' lawn in the borough. Uh, The message is aimed at the occupants of a temporary shelter that was set up nearby. Uh, One of several ways that some people have let shelter residents know that they are not welcome on the borough. As thousands of migrants, of course, they continue to arrive in New York City. (sighs) on to some of the other news of this thursday and the california professor who testified that the supreme court nominee of course brett Kavanaugh, had assaulted her while they were in high school has now written a memoir christine blasey ford's one way back is scheduled for publication next march according to st martin's press she will share quote riveting new details about the lead-up to her testimony back in 2018 its overwhelming aftermath when she allegedly received death threats and was unable to live at her own home, and how people unknown to her around the world restored her faith in humanity. A while ago, we told you about a prisoner who uh, escaped from a hospital using a rope that was made out of bedsheets. Well, that prisoner is now being rearrested after a month on the run. Police say that the 44-year-old man was apprehended on Tuesday in Queens. He escaped from Mount Sinai, Beth Israel Hospital in Manhattan, back on August 9th. Authorities say that he used a rope made of sheets to escape from a fifth-floor window. He rappelled to a rooftop below and then made it to the street, where he then got into a taxi. The two correctional officers who were guarding the man when he escaped have been suspended for 30 days without any pay. Out west, we're going to go now over to Rochester. With the National Toy Hall of Fame there, they've announced the 12 finalists being considered for induction this year. Uh, Barbie's sidekick, Ken, is on the list as he rides a wave of popularity, of course, from the blockbuster Barbie movie. Ken is up against, though, Baseball Cards, Battleship, Bingo, Bop it, Cabbage Patch Kids, Choose Your Own Adventure Game Books, Connect Four, Little Tyke's Cozy Cope, Nerf, Slime, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The public can vote on this through the 20th. The top vote-getters from the public and members of a selection committee will be inducted on November 9th. The National Joy Hall of Fame is housed at the Strong Museum, of course, out west in Rochester. Rochester. We all know it and we all love it. CBS's uh, 60 Minutes program that airs on Sundays, of course, on CBS. <laughs> but uh, the famous Stopwatch is still going to announce the show as 60 Minutes. It's just going to be running a bit longer than 60 Minutes for six episodes this fall. The hour-long CBS News Magazine is going to become 90 Minutes. It will expand on certain nights where CBS is broadcasting an NFL doubleheader. Which often delays its traditional 7 o'clock start on Sunday nights out on the East Coast. The show's executive producer, Bill Owen, says that he was asked to make extra time by CBS management even before the Hollywood strikes made new programming very scarce. The show is gonna start a new season this coming Sunday. Owen said that the tradi- that the additional stories would likely mean lean toward future feature, gosh, towards feature, or adventure fair. Law Roach, they collaborated with luxury Indian husband and wife designers Fulgani Shane Peacock as creative director for their 2.0 collaboration that debuted at New York Fashion Week on Monday. Uh, the Image Architect told the Associated Press that while he will keep styling Zendaya, he is done with celebrity styling, but not with fashion, you know, overall. His show Monday was met with rave reviews for bringing the Indian brand to the Western world. Uh, Fulgani Shane Peacock returned to New York Fashion Week on Monday after eight years. Uh, Folgani Peacock said that, Excuse me, Fulgani Peacock said that Roach brought his cool girl style to their brand. The wife of Mexican drug kingpin, of course, Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, has now been released from federal custody. After completing a three-year sentence for helping him run his multi-billion dollar criminal empire... Enel Coronel Aspiro had been moved from a Texas prison to a California halfway house before, (laughs) excuse me, before the release yesterday. Coronel Aspiro will serve four years of supervised release. She was pleaded guilty back in 2021 to three federal charges as part of a deal with prosecutors and uh, uh, with prosecutors and expressed regret when she was sentenced. El Chapo was sentenced to life behind, uh, behind bars in a U.S. prison, of course, back in 2019 for massive drug conspiracy that spread murder and mayhem for two decades. El Chapo has insisted, of course, that his trial in New York was not fair. The HBCU Transformation Project a coalition of 40 historically black colleges and universities, yesterday announced a $124 million gift from philanthropic funders Blue Meridian Partners to increase enrollment, graduation rates, and employment rates for the schools as graduates. Michael Lomax, the president and CEO of UNCF, which is acting as an intermediary, uh, overseeing the funding... Uh, said that the grant signals to the philanthropic community that HBCUs are a strong investment. The donation will expand the work of the project, which has already received $75 million from Blue Meridian Partners since 2020. Part of those funds arrived at the start of the pandemic to help participating HBCUs cover their operating costs when the schools, of course, they had to close. talking about some facts folks about the hudson river did you know it's 315 miles from the source in the adirondack mountains to here in new york city lewis few he's one man that finished swimming all of it yesterday The 53-year-old endurance swimmer completed the last miles of his months-long river journey yesterday at the lower tip of Manhattan. Pew has endured fatigue and sore shoulders. He's dodged tugboats and bobbing plastic garbage. But he insists that any discomfort is worth it to highlight the Hudson. And the importance, of course, of clean rivers. Tighter regulations and cleanups have helped transform the Hudson over decades into a summer playground for more kayaks, sailboats, and even more swimmers. Uh, The former buildings commissioner of this town, uh, they say, according to prosecutors, he took cash, Mets tickets, a discount on a luxury apartment, and other bribes from a legal, from a real estate developer, a restaurateur, and others. Uh, Former buildings commissioner Eric Ulrich is accused of repaying them with favors, including access to Mayor Adams. Ulrich and six co-defendants were raiding awaiting arraignment yesterday on bribery, conspiracy, and other charges. Defense attorney Sam Braverman says that Ulrich is intending to plead not guilty. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg says that Ulrich used a series of elected and appointed jobs in city government to line its pockets. Uh, The mayor himself has not been accused, of course, of any wrongdoing. Meanwhile, a federal appeals court is planning to quickly consider the former president's claim that in presidential immunity, it protects him from a New York writer's assertion that he defamed her by saying she fabricated her claim that he sexually assaulted her in the 90s. The second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Manhattan said yesterday that it will expedite this appeal. It set, for, it set a schedule for written arguments to be filed within a month. A lower court judge has set a January 15th date for a jury to begin deciding the damages after he ruled that Trump had defamed writer E. Jean Carroll with remarks in 2019 while, of course, he was president. In other news, a former CIA software engineer that was already convicted in the largest and biggest theft of classified information on CIA history has now been convicted on charges of possessing child sexual abuse images. Uh, A jury returned its verdict yesterday in the Manhattan Federal Court against Joshua Schulte. Authorities say this latest conviction resulted from the discovery of Schulte's home desktop computer of over 3,000 images and videos depicting the sexual abuse of young children. At sentencing scheduled for January 10th, Schulte could face decades in prison for his conviction yesterday, along with his conviction last year on charges that he released a trove of CIA assets and secrets through WikiLeaks back in 2017. And finally, we're going to talk about one George Santos. He has missed yet another deadline to submit a key financial disclosure report to the House Committee on Ethics. The disclosures provide a public snapshot of a representative's, of course, public finances. Personal finances, I should say. Santos had already missed two deadlines. The Republican told the AP that the delay was the result of his ongoing preparation of his federal taxes and a desire to, quote, avoid a rushed job. Good government advocates say that there is is no reason his federal taxes should prevent him from submitting these disclosures. Under federal law, Santos only faces a $200 penalty for filing late. Time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Thursday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Gonna talk some sports, and as the season comes down the stretch, it seems like the New York Metropolitans are gonna be playing the role of spoiler. They cost the Diamondbacks, uh, uh, costly, excuse me, they cost the Diamondbacks costly in the wildcard race. Rich kids, rich teenagers, actually, they're spending big at the restaurants in this town. We'll tell you how much. And then we're going to talk together, of course, um, the latest national news. The White House is now working to stay above the fray on the historic impeachment proceedings launched ahead of this election coming up by House Republicans. Brandon, Julian. You know, folks, if you really do think about it in this day and age, it's a good thing that we can't report people that we don't like to 911 or the police. Could you imagine how that call would go? You know, it'd be like 911, what's your emergency? Yeah, that lady Carol is at the barbecue again. <laughs> This is the update with Brandon Juliet. available wherever you listen to
1: podcasts.
0: Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy.
1: Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay, smart.
2: Protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
0: Brandy Julia. You know, folks, if I were to do something, if I would accidentally combine something, uh, most people would consider it a mistake. But other people actually do these things on purpose. You know what that's called? Criminal intent. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Beginning August 28th, through the first half of 2024, F-trains will run on the E-Line at all times in both directions between Rockefeller Center and Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue because of track replacement along the 63rd Street line. On weekdays, M-trains will not run between Rockefeller Center and Forest Hills 71st Avenue. M-trains will run between 57th Street on the F-Line and Metropolitan Avenue. A special F shuttle train will run every 20 minutes between Lexington Avenue, 63rd Street, and 21st Street Queensbridge, stopping at Roosevelt Island. The shuttle train will not run overnight. Free shuttle buses will run between 21st Street Queensbridge and Queens Plaza on days and evenings, and between Roosevelt Island, 21st Street Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza overnight. Beginning June twenty sixth at approximately six fifteen AM through the remainder of twenty twenty three. Seven Express trains will run only between seventy fourth Street Broadway and flushing Main Street in both directions because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops. between 74th Street, Broadway, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue is closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer Or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.90, with the exception of the BX-18A, BX-18B, B60, M116, Q4, Q4 Limited, S-46, and S-96 Limited, starting September 24th. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S-79 select bus service, pay your fare on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosk outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip for possible inspection. The fare on Express Buses is $7. Coins are not accepted as a payment on Express Buses. No. With the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. As I continue to say, folks, the Mets are still, even though it's highly unlikely, mathematically in the playoff chase. Like I said, are the Mets mathematically in the playoff chase? Yes. Are they actually going to make the playoffs? Probably not. But, you know, they can still play the role of spoiler along the way. And uh, the Diamondbacks are still hanging around in the third wild card spot, but the Mets dealt them a pretty damaging blow. At least, I think. <laughs> the, the D-backs had one of their two aces, Zach Gallin, uh pitching for Arizona, but he got roughed up by the Metropolitans. Uh, Mark Vientos, Pete Alonso, both homered, and the Mets got a 7-1 win. Just back from the minors, Joey Lucchesi pitched the shutout into the eighth inning, and the 4th place Mets approved a 5-1 against Arizona this year uh, by battering the D-backs for the second straight night. Uh, the D-backs, with the loss, dropped into a tie for the third wild-card spot with the Reds, who won 4-3 in Detroit against the Tigers the Giants and the Marlins are close behind in a crowded race for that playoff spot. Alonzo had an RBI single in the first and a two-run double in the fifth off of Zach Gallen, who took the loss and fell to 15-8. and And then, for the second straight night up in Boston, Yanks and Red Sox were supposed to go at it, but guess what? That game got ringed out. <laughs> and they're gonna have... A doubleheader for the second time in as many days. Uh, the Yankees and Red Sox just played a doubleheader on Tuesday after the Monday's opener was postponed. They're gonna play another twin bill today. First game 135, second game 715. The Yankees swept Tuesday's doubleheader to improve to 73 and 72. That's the same record as Boston. Uh, the teams are sharing last place in the National League East. Now, folks, when we return on the update this Thursday, uh, rich kids, they are invading New York City restaurants. Whatever you do, do not offer them a kitty menu. They're spending pretty big bucks, too. And then later, we'll talk together, of course, the latest national news. Out of Pottstown in Pennsylvania, that escaped murderer Daniel Cavalcante was taken into a state, taken into custody in a state prison outside of Philadelphia just after his capture. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to inform you about the following. Where does the time go? I personally really hope I didn't write that line. (laughs) Well, it turns out maybe I actually did. Time continues to move forward, but looking back on the past is always important. It's how we grow as people. Plus, of course, you always have those times when you're like, oh yeah, I remember that from way back when. Well, that's what we have for you on the update every weekend and on the select periods too. Uh, My producers look for any excuse to hold a party, and that's what we have for you, digging into our archives every weekend, playing you the best episodes from our previous years of the update. And every once in a while, we cram the best of an entire year of the update into one episode for your listening convenience. And if you don't know we're having a party, you will after you hear this down by declaring that we're having a big party. (laughs) So every weekend, listen to the archives of the update to see what you remember from when that episode aired. And, of course, be on the lookout for the best of particular years of the update every so often. Keep listening on the weekends and every now and again, because it'll be a party that you personally will never forget. Unless, of course, you can't actually remember it from, you know, the night before. Now, the update of Rain and Juliet, it'll be right back after, of course, these messages. And uh, my producers actually left some uh, gifts for me under the sofa behind the set. How nice of them, actually. Excuse me. From New York, the V stands for value. This is the Update with Brandon Julia, available wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Don't you wish your life came with a warning app? Stop. That dog does not want to be petted. Just a little heads up before something bad happens. Move your coffee cup away from your computer. Oh No, 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 no. So you can have more control. Ugh. Don't wait. You have the power to change the outcome. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Prediabetes Awareness Partners.
0: From New York, only a rental and only $5 a day. This is The Update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Indeed, it is, folks. Welcome back to The Update of Brandon Julian on a Thursday, everyone. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, folks. Uh, sometimes this really do- this really can feel like a tale of two cities. You basically have the rich kids and the uh, the poor kids, yeah. <laughs> in a sense. But whatever you do, folks, do not offer these kid these kids a kiddie menu. Because you see, all over the Hamptons and in Manhattan, tweens and teens are going out to posh restaurants on their own. They're running up high checks, ordering uni and steaks. I believe, from my tales on the Food Network, uni is some type of fancy sea urchin. (laughs) But sometimes they're even trying to sneak in a pricey bottle of vino, and then plunking down Mommy and Daddy's credit card to pay for it. Um, A general manager at a pricey Upper East Side Italian restaurant told the New York Post, which is the people who published this article, quote, all these upper-class kids come in and spend money like there's no tomorrow. Uh, Louise Friedman, the CEO of Gene Gorge, Gorges' Vonta Richmond's management company, lives on the Upper East Side and said her upscale neighborhood restaurants have been packed with teens. She says, quote, when I was young, we went for a slice of pizza, but they've been groomed to be more sophisticated diners. They order like adults. Because, you see, out in Southampton, a group of four boys uh, ranging in age from 12 to 14 came in to Hotspot 75, Maine, at 930 in the evening on a busy Saturday night in August without an adult in sight. A waitress who had worked there for 13 years refused to serve them because she thought their check and her tip would be low. So another server took the table. When she brought over kitty menus, the boys were offended and asked for the adult offerings. Their bill, it totaled up, being about $400, including $65 lamb chops, $56 filet mignon, and a $45 king crab roll. They even left a $150 tip. Uh, Zach Erdem, the restaurant's owner, told the Post, quote, The waitress asked that they had made a mistake. And the smallest boy looked in her eye and said, no, thank you for your service. <laughs> the waitress, who had turned down the table, was just so mad. <laughs> Over at a longtime favorite, Sen in Sag Harbor, Jess, owner Jesse Matsuka is also seeing a similar trend with the younger crowd spending big. Matsuka told the Post, quote, nobody is ordering grilled cheese here. They see how their parents come in and spend, and they do the same with their black cards. They're ordering uni at 18 bucks apiece, and salmon ropes that pop like candy. Kids will have four of them at $8 each. And there are no worries when it comes to footing the bill. At the Steakhouse T-Barn, 60th Street in Manhattan, managing partner Derek Axelrod has observed young patrons fighting over the privilege of paying uh, he said, quote, A group of 15-year-olds came in earlier this summer, ordering like crazy in celebration of a girl's sweet 16. They had houses and oysters, which you don't expect kids to order or wouldn't expect kids to order. And the bill arrived, it was a couple of thousand dollars. When it arrived, everyone tried to grab it. When we looked at the cards, they were all black or platinum Amexes. But of course, while restaurant operators say that most young diners are well behaved, alcohol, of course, it can become an issue. James Malios, owner of Amali on East 60th Street and Kaliza in Watermill, recalled a group of young boys coming into Kaliza and trying to get away with ordering a $700 bottle of first growth Bordeaux. Malio said, quote, it was a slick move on their part because they thought a restaurant wouldn't want to lose such a big sale, so we would turn a blind eye to the fact that they were not of drinking age. But we are strict about that, so we made them produce IDs, and then we held on to them. Erdem once had to confront a group of girls who ordered alcohol, and they became combative. He said, quote, "They looked like they were about 16. When I told them they couldn't order drinks, one of them became very aggressive, and I threatened to call the police." Matsuka has a special name for poorly uh, behaved young customers. Uh, he said, with a sigh, "We call them rice chuckers because they literally have thrown rice to get attention. We tell them to, we tell them they have to leave, or we will inform their parents of their actions." Last weekend, we had one say, do you know who my dad is? And I said, yes, but do you know who I am? I'm the guy who's not going to be letting you in next time. (laughs) Oh, that is so funny. (laughs) Parents, though, seem to be encouraging uh, their spawn to develop gourmet tastes, at least early on. Matsuka said, quote, they are so proud that their kids know the best and they encourage them to order it. Recently, we had a Wagyu special for $85, and a five-year-old with his parents said, I want steak, and they ordered it for him. (laughs) But Ari Fredkiss, who was a psychotherapist who works with many young patients and lives on the Upper West Side and in Bridgehampton on Long Island, said that there is definitely a downside to such early sophistication. He said, quote, These teens show up to my sessions in an Uber with costly boxes of sushi. Adults aren't paying attention to what this privilege does to the psyche of young people. It's rushing development and not allowing them to learn realistic values. Still, the family seemed to retain some sense of monetary perspective, according to Fred Kiss. After all, the parents ask for a discount on their therapy. <laughs> oh, God, that's actually kind of funny. <laughs> oh, man, these children... These children, this is why, folks, this is exactly why um, I'm glad I work with certain group of uh, high schoolers. What I will tell you, though, <laughs> God, is national news. It's next for us around here, of course, when the update Brandon Julia continues. Brandon Julian. You know, every day, folks, in this studio, while I give the news to you, I ponder sometimes the questions of the universe that many people wonder and want answers to. Like, for example, why can't I wear white after Labor Day? I bet you never thought of that one, huh? This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing? Or your daughter's first birthday party? You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince the same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov slash plan.
1: Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
0: Brandon Julian. I don't know, folks, if you've had this same thought as me, if you've ever graduated high school. But have you ever scrolled on your social media and you see the announcements of the people that you went to school with and you hear those pregnancy announcements and you look at them, the person, and you're like, they got pregnant? like. No. (laughs) This is this isn't right. That can't possibly be. And that's not to be mean in any sense of the word, but really there are people you come across, you just look at them and you're like, How? How could that possibly have happened to them? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why he's talking like this. This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Thursday, everyone. Uh, Thank you so much, of course, folks, for, you know, for still being here with us. Uh, let us talk together right now, of course, the latest national news. And we are going to begin, of course, in Washington. Well, the White House is working to stay above the fray on the historic impeachment proceedings launched ahead of the election next year by House Republicans. GOP lawmakers are trying to link Biden to the business dealings of his son Hunter while deflecting attention from the former president's own legal peril. Uh, Biden's strategy for countering the impeachment is reflective of his own broader approach to re-election. The idea is he puts his head down and governs, Americans will see results and reward him with another four years. The White House, though, is trying to shrug off the charges as baseless, stay focused on policy, leave impeachment questions to the lawyers, and chide those who give too much credence to it all. In other news, we're going to go over to Pottstown in Pennsylvania. Where that escaped murderer, Daniel Danello Cabalcante, has now been taken to a state prison outside of Philadelphia after his capture yesterday morning. Cabalcante was caught after eluding hundreds of searchers for two weeks in rural southeastern Pennsylvania. Tactical teams with search dogs located him after a plane with a thermal imaging camera picked up his heat signal. No shots were fired, thankfully. Gabo broke out of the Chester County Jail back on the 31st of August while awaiting transfer to a state prison to serve a life sentence for fatally stabbing an ex-girlfriend in 2021. He was arraigned on an escape charge before police took him to prison. Down in the heart of Texas, out of Houston. A federal judge there has now declared illegal a revised version of a federal policy that prevents the deportation of hundreds of thousands of immigrants brought to the U.S., of course, as children. But the judge declined to order an immediate end to the program and the protections that it offers to recipients. Uh, U.S. states, uh, excuse me, U.S. District Judge Andrew Heenan, yesterday agreed with Texas and eight other states to stop the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, or DACA. The ruling is ultimately expected to be appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, sending the programs as fate before the high court for a third time. and had previously declared the 2012 Obama-era program illegal. And over in Leo Minister in Massachusetts, we're talking about the weather. We only address the weather, as you know, when the weather is bad on this program. And it is because Lee is still churning out there on the ocean. The National Hurricane Center. They've issued a hurricane watch for portions of Maine and a tropical storm watch for a large area of coastal New England. Hurricane Lee heads into the region. The announcement comes as tornadoes and thunderstorms were keeping New England residents on edge last night. National Weather Service in Boston said, it appears likely that a tornado yesterday toppled trees and power lines in Rhode Island and Connecticut, and they said that a team will survey the storm damage today. Nearly 10 inches of rain fell earlier this week in parts of Massachusetts, while Rhode Island and New Hampshire also got a hefty dose. Massachusetts Governor Maura Healy has declared a state of emergency. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the Update Brain of Julian returns in just 60 seconds.
2: Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full-time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost 6 million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit
1: aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Thursday, everyone. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still uh, being here with us. Uh, you know, folks, we are talking together uh, right now, of course, um, yeah, the latest national news, as per, you know, as is the custom around here. <laughs> and uh, you, the senator out of Utah, Mitt Romney, is not going to run for re-election next year. The former presidential candidate and Massachusetts governor said yesterday that the country's as many challenges call for a younger generation of leaders. He said the U.S. would be better served if President Biden or former President Trump stepped aside for the 2024 election. Since running for the White House in 2012, Romney's brand of republicanism has shifted from establishment to outlier, with Trump's populist rise as the party's dominant figure. He was the only GOP member of Congress to vote to convict Trump at both of his impeachment trials. In other news, we're going to go over to Nashville down in Tennessee, where NFL players, they prefer playing on natural grass, of course. It's why the NFL Players Association called on the league yesterday to switch all fields to grass. The union's executive director, Lloyd Howell, says it's the easiest decision that the NFL could possibly ever make. Play is considered a battle of career preservation. Uh, just look at one, Adam Rogers. The unions' repeated request for all grass comes, of course, less than 48 hours after Rogers tore his left Achilles tendon in his debut with the Jets. A new artificial surface was installed this year at MetLife Stadium. Carolina linebacker Shaq Thompson. He's been fighting for grass for the past two years. He says he hopes to see everyone. Take a stand. Out in the Motor City in Detroit, the top-selling vehicle in all of America is going to get a bit of a facelift next year, one of just a few new or updated vehicles to be shown off this week at Detroit's big auto show. Ford unveiled the latest version of the F-150 pickup at an event on Tuesday night in downtown Detroit. It's only one of four new or revamped vehicles that will be unveiled at the show. Stellantis will show off a new Jeep, and General Motors will unveil new vehicles from GMC and Cadillac. The F-150 will get a new front grille, dark-covered headlamps, and some new vents. Ford will drop a 3.3-liter V6 engine as the base power plant. Even the cheapest model will get a more powerful 325-horsepower, 2.7-liter turbocharger V6 as standard equipment. And here I am thinking I know everything about cars. <laughs> and finally, folks, we're going to go out to the American West in Los Angeles. Because, Gannett, this country's biggest newspaper chain, they posted two unusual job listings to its site. On Tuesday, they revealed that they are hiring a reporter f- focused on Taylor Swift. And then yesterday, they shared a posting for a dedicated Beyonce Knowles Carter reporter, who will be employed through USA Today and The Tennysonian, the company's Nashville-based newspaper. Online criticism of these new roles come in part because of Mayor layoffs at Gannett, The News Guild says that Gannett's workforce has shrunk 47% in the last three years due to layoffs and attrition. Journalists, fans, and academics shared their opinions on the controversial job postings with the Associated Press. Gonna let you guys ponder on this as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite that's the way it is. Thursday, September the 14th, 2023. That is the update on this Thursday. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. A best of year three show. It drops on Saturday, wherever, of course, you listen to this podcast. Uh, so, until we all gather around the fire and drink some apple cider. <laughs> in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel. Hopefully, that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck. Be safe. And most importantly, please be well. And I will see you right back here tomorrow for yet another Getaway Friday out here in the big town. See you then.